Welcome to Grace in 30 on WERALP Arlington 96.7 FM. This is Sal Dietry. I'm the co-host of Grace in 30. Look, this show is about people living by grace, people in our community who are doing incredible acts of service, sacrifice, without really asking for any recognition. We talk a lot about the millennials on this show, but tonight we're talking about the impact that our 50 and over listeners can have in this community. Listen up, retirees. It's time to put the golf clubs down. Looking for an experience to get your faith, get back in your own hands, get hands-on with the needy, convey life's lessons, maybe get your husband out of the house. Hey, this is the show for you. We're joined tonight by Joni Coolidge, Regional Director for Ignatian Volunteer Corps, a faith-based organization that provides retired men and women the opportunity to serve the poor, work for justice, and grow deeper in their Christian faith. Founded in 1995 by two Catholic Jesuit priests, IVC has grown to serve 17 regions in the U.S. That's D.C., Northern Virginia, Baltimore, with over 500 volunteers in our area alone. Uh, In 2015, the volunteers worked more than 300 partner agencies serving over 90,000 people across the country. They provide a valuable service, a really critical service to nonprofits by stepping in and providing people with lifetime experiences uh, to serve in key areas. Joni, welcome to Grace in 30. Thank you, Sal. That's great. Yeah. um, Look, tell us a little bit about how you got involved uh, yourself uh, with IVC. Thank you. Um, I have been involved in service for most of my life in a variety of capacities. In my 30s and 40s, unfortunately, I was widowed young and left with three small children. So I um, went to school, got a PhD, and adjunct taught at George Mason University for most of their growing up years. But as they reached the teen years and into college, I needed full-time work. So what I began looking for was something where I could integrate my faith with my professional life. And so this drew me to the mission of the Ignatian Volunteer Corps. Um, And it's a place where I can uh, use my skill set in capacity building, in community work as well, in organizational building, as well as serving where the nonprofits that we partner with do exactly that. They work with the poor, the marginalized, those who are economically um, in need. Hmm. That's great. What a great mission. Um, Look, tell us about uh, the profile of the volunteers. Uh, who are some of these people? What what are their backgrounds? Uh, you know, again, I, I think of, um, you know, 50-something and over. I, I think of the classic picture of people, you know, walking on the beach holding hands. I, I often don't think of people, uh, you know, making this kind of contribution in, in our communities in really important ways to the poor. Our volunteers are a very um, impressive group of people. They are professionals of all different stripes and have had all kinds of careers. We have lawyers, teachers, nurses, businesswomen, and men, social workers, IT specialists, people who have started their own companies um, from the State Department, World Bank. I think we have just about every field represented um, in the healthcare industry, and they're people who have been active and want to continue active. Um, being involved in the community. So they don't really want to sit around. Some of them still do um, play golf and visit their grandchildren, travel quite a bit, but they're looking for something, some meaningful way to give back to the community. Um, And 
Yeah, that's great. You know, we think about, uh, you know, people spend a lifetime building a career. We we spend a lifetime building our 401k, and yet, you know, we can now spend this time uh, giving some of that back to the community and having a huge impact. And, and I always think of when I first met you that, that your volunteers are people who have lived full lives. These are people who have incredible perspective to offer uh, to to young people, to the poor, to anyone uh, in this community. Um, what kind of commitments involved in this? I mean, you know, in retirement, what what's involved in a day in the life of an IVC volunteer? Our IVC volunteers give a substantial contribution to the service site where they uh, work. It's either one day a week or two days a week. That is the equivalent of eight hours or 16 hours a week. So they essentially become part of the staff and really get involved in substantively in the work and the mission of the agency where they serve. They, it's a 10-month commitment of the year because our volunteers do travel and do have a life outside of their service. That's great. You get summers off. Um, <laughs> yeah, and they're right hands-on, right? You're right in these organizations um, you know, that you're identified as partners. They're doing sort of hands-on things, and, and some of them, I think we'll get into later, are actually asked to take on leadership positions if, if their interests and passions so do. So you can be pretty involved in these organizations. That's true. We'll, we'll have all kinds of interests of our volunteers and what they want to do. Some who have been engaged in policy and policy development their you know, whole career often are finished and they want to just um, work with clients. There's other people. I have a social worker, for example, who has worked with people her whole career and you know she's happy working on a computer database and doing data entry. So we have everything from people who are serve as sort of executive coaches to those who stock shelves to those who uh, plan and and implement programs but they come alongside they are um, fundamentally and foremost there to serve so to perceive what the needs are in conversation with the places that they work and then they just jump in yeah it would seem like um, um, any organization would love to have you folks involved how do you sort of partner up with folks and uh, how do you make that initial um commitment to to form a partnership with an organization because you're you're involved with like 19 organizations if i'm not mistaken uh, just on a variety of issues uh, elderly care people with intellectual disabilities uh, homeless criminal defenders i mean how do you guys uh, sort of partner up with folks well we've have been um in the community for over 20 years so many people know us and find us sometimes the volunteers find us and i will ask them what they're interested in if they're interested in a type of service that isn't currently in our network of nonprofits, oh, we'll go make a pitch and we'll explain our program and and uh, we develop a partnership. There's new nonprofits um, popping up all the time, very creative things in the area. And so we have those conversations and and then we find matches for people. Yeah, and you mentioned these new nonprofits. I mean, some of the things that, that folks who are coming in from Ignatian can provide is almost sort of business leadership in many ways. Again, these are people who've lived full lives, have a lot of experience in their field and they know what works and doesn't work. I mean, some of the groups you're involved with I thought was interesting, you know, just a list of Quick, quick rundown, you know, uh, adult daycare, a health facility, uh, of course, Catholic charities, um, you know, migration and refugee services. So that's a very hot topic right now. Uh, you know, offender aid, uh, age span, you know, the list goes on and on. So it certainly seems there's great opportunities to get involved. You know, when we met, uh, one of the things that really impressed me about your particular organization, and this really gets back to your roots, is this Ignatian 
what I'd call a tradition and approach, because it's a little bit of both. Um, explain that to our listeners who are not Catholic or don't even know who St. Ignatius is or anything about a Jesuit philosophy. Can you, can you kind of lay the foundation for that? Um, in two minutes will be difficult, but um, some things are caught, not taught. And so when our volunteers come on board, we, um, we explain that a, a part of the component or a pillar of our organization is spiritual formation. So many people come with a faith, but we practice it in the tradition of St. Ignatius, which has a variety of components to it, but at its simplest it's finding God in all things. It's, it's um, looking for how God is already present in a situation and uh, responding to that. So it's exciting. There's many practices involved in it. So we devote a portion of our program outside of the volunteer service to, with where they work. We have retreats and we have one-on-one spiritual reflection. We have small group fellowships where we um, pray together, study, uh, read and study books together. It's actually very exciting, but it's also a place for reflection, which means the work that we do often can be very difficult, um, uh, caring for or companioning those who are suffering in some capacity. So there's a place and a community of people to process those experiences with. and. You know, it's like T.S. Eliot said, you can have the experience but miss the meaning. Well, we cultivate a structure outside of the service for our volunteers to gather to really glean the meaning of what they're doing, and it enriches the entire experience of service. Yeah, and, and really this was sort of back to your founders. This was sort of their you know, desire to create this reflection process, right? It, it, mm-hmm. Keeping a journal, these sort of one-on-one conversations that, uh, that you folks have together, this sort of group reflection process. I want to get into that a little bit more later because I was really impressed with how you actually organize that. And just an incredible support organization. I can't think of another organization I've run into that provides this level of support for its volunteers. I mean, this is sort of one of your pillars of strength, I would call it. Um, You know, the founders had this unique concept. You know, I think maybe it's on your website. I read, you know, something in in Christ we become co-creators, co-redeemers as we labor for the transportation or transformation of the world. Um, you know, th- this is really, a, a, I think, a unique process. Um, you know, can you give us some examples of someone who really came alive in this process? People who, uh, through this sort of reflection, have uh, either come to volunteer more or have sort of a deeper commitment or, or some, rec- some recognition in their own life? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think I would say that Almost all of our volunteers get caught up in this um, greater uh, experience because we have a very low attrition rate. Our volunteers, we probably have over 36 volunteers between the D.C. region and our region that have been serving for over 10 years. Now, they aren't always at the same service site. They may be one three years here, four years here, but they remain with us because of the community, because of the richness of that experience. But how does it change them? We we ask those questions all the time of ourselves and of one another, but what do we learn from walking with someone who is less fortunate, someone who is struggling with mental illness, someone who has just come out of prison? What what gift are they to us? So in even just in asking those questions, it, it causes 
us to reflect and to learn and to listen. So one of the practices of Ignatian spirituality is something we call holy listening. And that is we don't come in with our agenda. We don't come in with a presupposed agenda. Even though all of our volunteers have tremendous experience and wisdom, we don't assume what we know, what the other needs or um, um, what is best for them. We ask, we listen, and then we respond. Well, well, sometimes the wisdom of age comes with actually learning to listen. Uh, You know, how many times do we make the mistake of not listening um, before we, you know, sort of look before we leap? Um, Look, we're going to give you a quick break. We we take a station identification break here, and we'll be right back to ask some more questions. You're listening to Grace in 30 on WERALP Arlington, 96.7 FM. We're talking with Joni Coolidge, Regional Director for Ignatian Volunteers, a faith-based volunteer service organization for people over 50 to give back to their communities and an opportunity to grow in their own faith. You know, Joni, um, your website talks about this this concept of discernment, and this this is another thing that really impressed me with your organization. Um, what does that mean at a high level, and how do you all practice that uh, kind of as a group? Discernment is a uh, practice which we join the the normal practice of prudential wisdom and decision-making with opening up a space for the spirit to work. So it's a process in which you have to slow down, you have to listen again, here's that word. Um, It incorporates prayer, talking with others, entering into dialogue, reflection, and coming to a sense of peace about a way forward. Sometimes that's in collaboration with others. If if the decision you know um, involves more than one, a group of people or our community, if it's just the volunteer, then it's usually that volunteer in conversation with their spiritual reflector, with the regional director, with their partner agency. So, it's 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 it allows for um, a a work to be done that's greater in your heart as well as in your mind. Because just decision-making alone on pros and cons can often be reduced simply to an intellectual decision. We incorporate the whole person in this discernment process, which includes our understanding that we are, you know, made in the image of God, and so we want the Spirit of God to speak as well. Hmm. And so there's sort of this empowering, I would call it almost a cycle that goes on, sort of the action, the contemplation, you know, then going back to the action. So this is sort of, you know, in some ways, one might call it the way, right? We sort of are following the way that, that maybe God is transparent here, but but through the prayer service you guys offer as well, sort of that go out and do something, you know, you come to this area of, of discernment. And I, I didn't really see that in other organizations. I love how you guys come together, you read these books, you come together as a group, uh, and, and it's really a support organization because you're, uh, volunteers are out there pressing the flesh with people who have needs. And sometimes that can wear on you a little bit, right? Or you have questions or, or you need help or support. And to have that sort of, is this a weekly thing you guys do together? Uh, sort of get together? And, and you mentioned you have sort of captains that are out there in the field kind of helping people. Absolutely. We have a, a monthly small group fellowship. We have two three-day retreats in the 
one in September and one in June to sort of cap our year and a, a day-long reflection. And we actually join the larger programs with our colleagues in or other volunteers in, in the D.C. region, depending on where you live. <laughs> yeah, it just sounds like an incredibly reflective and, and almost enlightening, refreshing practice, especially for people over 50, to be able to have this sort of discernment and to sort of share these lessons that they're seeing, but also sort of learn from them and, and go through this cycle. I mean, it just seems like a great opportunity. Um, what benefits are, are you seeing, uh, you know, personally and hearing from your volunteers? You, you have some great um, volunteer, uh, what I would call, use cases on your website that are really, really interesting. What, what are some things that you've heard over the years from people or perhaps some examples you want to take a few minutes and talk about a few few of your rock stars that you are out there in the community and you want to give some shout outs to well i always say i have a deep bench because no matter which volunteer i would speak about they all have incredibly rich um, experiences and in giving and in receiving but today i would like to highlight um, um, one of our volunteers linda She's a former nurse, and she currently works at um, Stevenson Place, which is um, a, a, one of the programs of Pathway Homes that who serves clients um, struggling with mental illness. Uh, she, she, when she first came, she as a retired nurse, she was looking for something to do consistent with her service. But she also has a faith and wanted to do something that offered her a structure. So this structure appealed to her, and she jumped in. But even though she had, you know, um, been in a helping profession, actually working with folks with um, um, mental illness had not been something she was familiar with. So she had to overcome some of her fears, and she did that. And in the process, she has grown tremendously. And so now when she goes and she it talks about how the impact it has had on her, she talks about each day and how she meets Jesus each day in the clients that she serves. Um, most recently, she um, just had to help someone clean a room because they were getting new furniture. And this is an example of that holy listening where she had an, um, um, the room was a mess. And so her first instincts to want to just clean up. But instead, she just turned it over and said, how can we handle this? And turns out he needed a trash can. He needed help. And so by the end of the day, when they finished and they cleaned this beautiful room, uh, her client was so so grateful and so happy and she goes this just is what makes my day it's the little things it's the small things but it's making a difference because i'm with someone and that's what makes the difference and she had the patience you know to kind of deal with that whereas maybe someone who was younger might might not right we, we tend to want to just rush in and do things as opposed to sort of listen and figure out what can make someone happy you know i, I there was a quote i read on uh, the story about linda she said you know you know, these are the least of these, but she says, these are not throwaway people. You know, on the contrary, these are people that, you know, in the Bible, you know, she says, Jesus sought out and loved. So, you know, what a great, what a great uh, comment. It reminds me of a relative of mine who for probably 20, 30 years was, was just a real hard charger in the retail industry and was just incredibly successful and now works with, um, with children that have disabilities. And, uh, you know, he's over 50 and just says, you know, what a, uh, an incredible experience that is for him. Uh, it's it's completely different work, uh, but um, you know just the satisfaction that comes from dealing and the patience that he has in dealing with these people, having raised his own children. Um, I noticed also you talked about uh, on the website a, a guy named Tim O'Connor uh, and some great things he's doing. What what's Tim up to uh, at uh, at IVC? 
Tim serves at the Lamb Center, which is a day center for those who um, are without homes, and they get all kinds of services, including food, shelter, laundry, job training uh, at the center. And Tim started there over a decade ago, and he had no ex- prior experience working with people without homes. And But he was challenged by his brother, who said, what are you going to do in retirement? <laughs> he said, I don't know. <laughs> but, right. but now it's not a question. And so I asked him, after all these years, what difference has it made for you? So just just to back up a bit, Tim, when he's there, he, he does laundry, he folds towels, he leads a Bible study, he knows his clients. And he said, I've learned three things um, about serving others, and especially strangers or people different from yourself. And the first thing is to show respect. And for him, the way that he does that is he he takes a moment to learn his clients' names. And he said the power of a name is transformative, to use it and to give someone an identity and reflect back for them that they are a person um, he is, is just um, is, is the first step, but it's a very profound one. So in doing that, when you have a human connection and on a personal level, it leads to compassion. So he, he just talks about how he himself has become a more compassionate human being, understanding by listening. And then, and that c- compassion in some way gives way to a mutuality when you see the other, not as someone that you're giving to, but that they are also giving to you. And it's in that human connectivity where something really beautiful happens, and that's when he said, "Is that's the beginning of love," and um, so you know he's known around the Lamb Center as the guy who gives Jesuit quotes out. And so if if he doesn't at the end his Bible study with a Jesuit quote, they give him a hard time and say, "Where's our quote?" <laughs> so, yeah, he's, he's also the guy that folds towels. So if you don't have any towels, <laughs> they call Tim O'Connor. Um, you know, there's a. I'm looking at the list of organizations you're involved with. I mean, everything. You know, hear from sort of these these uh, homes for poor people, literacy councils, carpenter shelter. I mean, this is real hands-on stuff. How uh, if if someone wants to get involved, how, how you know they come to you? Um, how, how do you place people with so with a big menu like that and so many different skills? How, how do you kind of interview people um, and work through this? Is it again this process of discernment, or how does that work? Well, it is a process of discernment, but it starts out as matchmaking. So. What I do is really learn uh, what our um, volunteer, our prospective volunteers, interested, what their passions are, and we um, we have sort of a general conversation. We break it down to a specific one, and then we try to come up with three different places where they can actually interview. Everything we do has to be mutual. So our partner agency, it needs to be a right fit between the service agency and our volunteer. So that's a process of interviewing, and that's where the discernment comes in. Is you know what what um, where do I want to go? What do I want to do with my time? Do I want to continue in this path where I have built, you know, 30 years of experience in one arena, or do I want to try something entirely new? Um, I, I was, and I'm often surprised, so I have to put my own sort of in, intuition sometimes on a shelf and just listen and ask the right questions so that something can emerge. Because people who have taught, like I said, may not want to be near kids anymore, <laughs> and they right. want to do something else. And you're not going to horseshoe anybody into that. Um, You know, and there's real value in this. I mean, this is, you know, I I think this is how your organization pretty much runs, right? There's there's some exchange of value in return for these services. So 
these organizations find tremendous value in having there. Can you tell us about one or two organizations that, um, you know, you've heard from them and they've said, geez, these people are making a huge impact or, you know, here are some ways where um, the organization has helped us grow or, or fill some key roles. Um, any of your organizations you'd like to kind of give a shout out to? Right. Well, our organizations, the nonprofits that we work with are filled with incredible executive staff and their own set of volunteers. And they usually do remarkable work on extremely, you know, stretched budgets. So there's creativity there. And often they will find us. Um, something like Migration Refugee Services serves so many incoming refugees from other countries around the world. They're, they they find them through our State Department. Um, but they have more um, people than they can sometimes handle. So our volunteers run their resource uh, center and are able to meet people at the airport, set them up in apartments, uh, f- take them sometimes to doctor's appointments. So they become extended staff when the staff is so stretched. So usually our staff is so grateful because they know how all the needs that need to be met and they can't meet them themselves. So our volunteers fill in that gap. Mm, That's great. Um, Look, we're going to take one more quick break here and come back and uh, wrap up uh, uh, with Joni with some calls to action, but we're going to give her a minute here to get a sip of water. You're listening to Grace in 30 on WERALP Arlington 96.7 FM. We're talking with Joni Coolidge, Regional Director for Ignatian Volunteer Corps, a faith-based volunteer service organization for people age 50 and over to give back to their communities and grow in their faith. Uh, Joni, look, uh, we always ask our guests uh, for two calls to action. Uh, the first is, uh, you know, how can people get involved with you? What's a call to action? To, you know, maybe the uh, folks are thinking, hey, it's getting cold outside. You know, the golf's going to settle down a little bit. I'd like to get out and do some good. I'm going to give this thing a shot. How can uh, how can folks reach out to you and get involved with Ignatian Volunteers? You can find our contact information on our website. Go to www.ivcusa.org. That's www.ivcusa.org. And look for Northern Virginia, and that will get you to me. I host um, uh, information sessions that are one hour long that answer all your questions and more. And the next upcoming one is November 4th, which is a Friday in the morning. So give us a call at 703 703- Five three four forty one forty, and oh, we'll we'll get you plugged in. Seven zero three five three four forty one forty. That's great, and and in general, uh, and this is this is always interesting. It, sort of a call to action for for our listeners in general of any age in terms of getting involved. Uh, maybe especially for our over over fifty listeners, but just a general call to action to people to you know maybe. Maybe they've tried and, and have sort of sunk back into the couch, but, you know, it's time to get off that couch and get back in the community. Any thoughts there? Absolutely. It, it's it's the old phrase, you get more when you give, and it couldn't be more true. And um, there's wisdom in that, and our older volunteers really understand that. So they find us, and I hope that you find us too. Yeah, and so you're where you where are you folks based out of? Your office is you might have mentioned that, but well, give a shout out to your yeah, office. We're on in Falls Church on Leesburg Pike, um, right, sort of outside Tyson's area. And you serve the Arlington, the entire Northern Virginia area. So if someone wants to volunteer, they live in Loudon or 
Fairfax or DC, they, are you their point of contact? Or? Yes, we are. So I am. So Arlington, we are in Falls Church, Manassas, all the way out um, um, down 95 to Fredericksburg. Not super developed out there, but um, out 66 and out 95 in all bedroom communities along the way. And if you're in a place where we don't quite have sites, you can help us develop them. So give us a shout out. That's great. All right. Well, Joni, look, thank you so much. Uh, great to spend some time with you. Um, shout out to my friend Susan Grunder for uh, connecting us. I, uh, I owe her <laughs> a coffee you, yeah, at the uh, Northside Social. But look, thanks for joining us, Joni. Appreciate your thoughts. Uh, for folks over 50, please reach out to her. Um, we need your expertise. We need your wisdom in this community, God, more now than ever. Um, we need to see your faith in action. Uh, as it says in James, faith without works is dead. You know, please consider getting involved in Ignatian Volunteers. Visit their website, ivcusa.org. We'll also be posting information on, on the event uh, and a link to their site on our Facebook and Twitter pages. If you want to provide feedback uh, to us on tonight's show or tell us something you think would be a great guest, yeah, you can reach me at uh, sal at gracein30.com or uh, ed Mellick at gracein30, ed at gracein30.com. You know, follow us on Twitter, gracein30, or on Facebook, gracein30. A replay of this show will be found uh, 24 hours after tonight, uh, aired on the uh, WERA website. Uh, a replay of this show will also happen uh, this Sunday at 8.30 a.m. live on air and also at WERA.FM. Listen live. Next week, we'll be hosting Jeff Lisanic. Uh, incredible story back in 1989 uh, while on drugs. You know, rear-ended another car, killing its two occupants. And he ended up convicted of vehicular manslaughter, served 20 years in prison. Uh, he'll talk about this terrible event, his time in prison, and his amazing story of redemption next week. This is Sal Dietry signing off from Grayson 30 on WERALP Arlington 96.7. Have a great night, and be sure to tune in to Grace.